In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. We rejoice in the Lord today, brothers and sisters. The church brings to us beautiful celebrations in the Synaxarion, in the Book of the Saints, in the Gospel reading, and the Epistle reading. Today I wanted to tell you about the importance of family, but rather about the importance of faith in the family, in the relationship between parents and children, and between children and children. I'll start with a story, a real story. As you know, I was born and raised in Romania, and um, it was in the 1600s, uh, way after the fall of Constantinople, when the Turks have tremendous influence and impact on that part of the world, the Balkans, desiring to conquer the whole Europe, oppressing Christians, and wanting to occupy and wipe off the Christian faith from, from the earth, from wherever they were going. Many atrocities were committed. And peoples in that area fought, gave their blood for the defense of their countries and their faith. This is something that might not resound with us today. What is Father talking about for the defense of the country and the faith? Yes, there are Christians, Orthodox Christians, who are there to, to preserve both their country and their faith. So in the 1600 now, somehow the Romanian principalities managed to survive the Turkish occupation by means of paying the dues to the, to the Ottomans, to the sultan, and they were somehow left alone. Through the intricacies and intrigues, rulers of the place were established, the sultan and the Greek influence there in Constantinople, and they were changed very often, because dividing and changing quickly gave the sultan power to squeeze more out of these little countries. The southern part of Romania, Valachia, is what I will be talking about here today, the Principality of Romania, Valachia. So, it so happens that in 1688, Constantine, a very educated man, was appointed to be the ruler, the prince of Valachia. The first thing this man did, after his appointing, was to establish a monastery. It was one of the most beautiful today in that part of the country. And to thank God for this appointment and to invite God to rule with him. That the rule was truly of Christ, not his. Constantine, in Romanian the family name is Brincovenu. This will not be on your quiz. But just Constantine, you need to remember. Was one of the best rulers of these centuries that the Romanian principalities known. He managed diligently through diplomacy to keep the Turks out of the country have treaties with the other European powers that the Turks hated, such as Russia, Austria, and Venice, and so on, and yet stay in between clean. A time of prosperity. What did prosperity mean? A growth of people's faith. Many monasteries and churches were built, and the country had peace. 
And this prosperity was seen now by others as a treasure of golden coins. A faithful man, okay, Constantine had a family. He was the father of four boys. And having to deal with the, ro- with the local boyars, the rich society there, with the sultan, with the military, it was not easy. Faithfully, he went through 25 years of governing. I forgot to mention that during this time, that part of the world developed culturally. Don't think of Rome, of Venice, or of Constantinople. This was the, the end of the world there. This was a poor country. But in terms of architecture, and, and writings, and, and the gospel translations, and so on, it was a flourishing time. The Turks were told falsely that the ruler, Constantine, was betrayed the alliance, the agreement with the Turks, with the other European powers. And they said that it was customary then, a delegation to the palace of the ruler, to arrest him, along with his family, and bring him to Constantinople, Constantinople, Istanbul, the sultan's, sultan's feet to be judged. And this was in 1714, when he was 20, I'm sorry, he was 60 years old. He knew that he was, this most likely was his end. Peacefully, he allowed the Turkish soldiers to arrest him and take him along with his family. And he said this, Parents, if this trial comes from God because of my sins, may His will be done. But if, it, but if it is from the wickedness of men who desire my ruin, may God forgive my enemies. He was taken to Constantinople with his family and his advisor. Yanakia was his name. And they were put in prison, uh, the most of seven towers prison, and tortured for four months. Children and the ruler, the prince. What was the problem here? They refused to give up their faith. The youngest was 12. Is there anybody at 12? The youngest, Matei, Matthew, was 12. For four months, they were judged and, and tortured in prison. I will spare you how, in order to convert to, uh, to Islam. But they remain sturdy, solid in their faith preferring to die. They are condemned to capital punishment, guess on what day the Turks found? On the Dormition of the Theotokos. Okay? They were arrested on Holy Friday from Bucharest, from their palace. They were arrested on Holy Friday and on the Dormition of Theotokos yesterday they were to be decapitated. At this scene, listen to this, in the Sarai Palace, in Istanbul, the sultan and his viziers, his ministers, his high class, also invited the ambassadors of the great European powers to observe this. Okay, so it was. The youngest of the sons, Matthew, 12 years old, walked ahead of the procession. They're dressed with their simple white shirts. And they were to kneel down lower their heads, and be 
decapitated. An insight into the royal family here. The father, Constantine, the prince, spoke. My children, take courage. We have lost everything in this world. Let us at least save our souls, washing our sins in our blood. Think of all that Christ endured for us. May your glorious faith not be shaken at this hour. The father didn't say, guys, just forget it. Say you are Turks and you're going to be good. They're going to keep you here. They're giving you education, school, car, house, jobs. You're going to be good. No. He said, may your glorious faith not be shaken at this hour. The heads of the three eldest sons and the prince's counselors having fallen. The parents witnessed this along with all the other ones. The child Matthew, the youngest, when his term came, he was frightened and he said, I give it up. I give it up. Family dynamics again. His father, the prince, immediately showed his courage in these terms. It would be better to die a thousand times than to betray our faith that no one can wrest from us. The child refound his ground and he said, I want to die a Christian. Go on, cut it off. Twelve years old. The bodies of the six martyrs were thrown into the waters of Bosphorus while their heads were placed on spikes at the entrance of the Sarai. After three days, they were thrown into the sea, but on the patriarch's order, they were found and placed on the, on the island of Halki. The prince's mother's wife, Marika, and the other members of the family escaped, remained in prison, escaped death by means of a huge ransom paid by the Christians. And returning to her country, Valachia, they managed to have the precious relics of the husband and the children translated in 1720 to Bucharest, placed in one of the churches that Constantine built. Constantine, his son Constantine, Stefan, Radu, and Matei, Matthew, the martyrs whom we celebrate today. Look how Christians were to behave. See how high the bar was. And see where we swim today. See where we swim today. What a beautiful example of a healthy family. Children related to children. And father leading. Being a model himself. Let us pause this for now. And turn to the epistle reading that we have a hard time paying attention to. St. Paul writes to the Corinthians, in the second letter here, who were astray from the church, had problems with unity, with behaving, having more life. It doesn't say with attending church, but maybe it was one of the things too. Listen how his war starts today. St. Paul talks about him and the other apostles. Brethren, God has exhibited us apostles... As last of all, like men stands to death, because we have become a spectacle to the world, to angels and to men. If you are back in the Roman world, if you heard this, we are the last of all, 
stands to death. Boy, you'll have the image of the Roman generals walking in the city, riding beautiful white horses, parading with a victorious army who had conquered, God knows, with barbar territory. And behind them, the last ones were the prisoners of war, sentenced to death. To go to the arena and maybe fight the wild beasts or kill themselves among themselves. This was the image. And St. Paul says this, The last of all, this is the, the apostles, sentenced to death, like men sentenced to death, because we have become a spectacle to the world, to angels and to men. What I just told you about Constantine and his family, is described precisely by this. Absolutely. The last of all, sentenced to death as Christians, and the spectacle of the whole world. Society, Western European leaders, to see the spectacle. But what is St. Paul telling them here? He's giving them, an ex- in, 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 in contrast, his ministry versus theirs. How difficult the apostle calling is, and how comfortable these people in Corinth are living their lives. He says, we are fools for Christ's sake, but you are wise in Christ. We are weak. You are strong. You are held in honor, but we in disrepute. What honor? Titles, jobs, vehicles, property, traveling, flying. It's honorable for us today. To the present hour we hunger and thirst. We are ill-dressed and buffeted and homeless and will labor working with our hands. Listen to this, what St. Paul says. When reviled, we bless. When persecuted, we endure. When slandered, we try to conciliate. We try to encourage, to exhort, to entreat. We have become and are now as the refuse of the world, of the offscourging of all things. But you might say, Father, this was for the apostles. Maybe this was for that prince. Maybe because he's a saint now. Come on. Here's what St. Paul says. I don't write this to you to make you ashamed, but to admonish you. To give you a little bit of correction. You as my beloved children. A snapshot of you into a family here. St. Paul and his children. For though you have countless guides in Christ to tell you what to do, you do not have many fathers. For I became your father in Christ Jesus through the gospel. I urge you then, be imitators of me. Did you hear this? He's telling the people in the church, to imitate Him. Because He is their Father. And as a family, the church coming together, would this be to worship here, in the sun or in the shade? Would this be to go to be decapitated? Would this be to serve in the kitchen or at the festival? St. Paul says, imitate me. Be imitators of me. Not any different than what Constantine the priest asked his children to do. 
Be imitators of me. Don't move. There's nothing more important than your faith. Nothing more important. It could be the pleasures of life. It could be your job on a Sunday. It could be your family on a Sunday. Nothing more important than your faith. When, when reviled, we bless. How easy is this? Not easy at all. When persecuted, we endure. Impossible, isn't it? When slander, we try to conciliate and encourage. Superhuman. How can we imitate this? Because St. Paul is talking to us today. To become the last. How can we imitate this? By looking at those at those who have imitated Christ. St. Paul himself has done nothing different than what Christ did. Out of love. Where there's love, there's God, and there's power to do what? To bless when reviled. To endure persecuted. To conciliate when slandered. To be good when the virus hits. To be here when Christ is here. When there's love. Such is the example of St. Paul today. It is a most difficult one. The call of the epistle today is very hard. To imitate him. And to imitate those who have imitated Christ and the apostle. But what do we do? We say, Lord God, without, on my own I cannot do this. It is impossible for me as a broken human being to be like you. And we turn to the saints. We turn to the Holy Virgin Mother, whom we celebrate still her dormition, don't we? Who imitated Christ in her faith, in her grace, in her love, in her purity, in her virginity, in her chastity. Boys and girls, did you hear this? This is a commandment to imitate these people, such as Paul, St. Paul the Apostle. And I add to that, those who are holy like he was. Who held on their faith, no matter what was put in front of them. Money, images, drugs. Okay? The Holy Virgin Mary. Saints like the martyrs, you see. How brutal is this? To have them killed. But I tell you how beautiful this is. To see a family where God's love and mercy fills up their hearts. And you might say, what? They were killed. Yeah. But look how they died. They died healthy. They died in Christ. They, got, they died brightly. Holy. God gave them that strength to overcome the temptation of giving up their faith. And my prayer today for us is that He will give us the faith, the, the strength first of all, to find our faith to find our faith, the challenge for our families. How do we educate our children to do this when our time comes? It might very well come. Think about this. How important it is to do the education and to grow, to rise, raise children in Christ truly. And how are they going to grow? By imitating the parents. Parents is never too late to imitate Christ and St. Paul. How are we going to raise people in our family here? The children of God. 
by example. When we crucify ourselves with following the commandments, living a moral life, respecting our parents, being with Christ at the proper times, in worship, in thanksgiving, in sacrificially giving, and sacrificially giving. That's why my heart was broken, mourning, not at the hearts and the lives of the five, six martyrs, but at the poor image on that camera that showed an empty church this morning. Oh, God forgive us, and God help us, to help one another, to build on one another, to imitate Paul, to imitate Prince Constantine and his children, to imitate Christ. Yeah. Let us grow to be healthy families in faith by imitating our leaders. And we have so many beautiful ones. And if this country disappoints you with its ruler, don't worry. We have a ruler who will never disappoint Not only that, but who will accept us in repentance to collect ourselves from the deepest mess of our life, from the longest absence from Him, humiliating Him, if we come in repentance, waiting with open arms to grab us. To grab us. To bring us to life. What kind of life? That never has end. That's the one that we put in in front of our eyes today. With courage, even if death knocks at the door, In Christ, life is victorious. And this life is for us to live in this life. So today we give thanks to God that not only are we here gathered with gratitude to worship Him, but that He's giving us those examples whom to imitate. We thank God. Christ His Son, Constantine, the Prince of Valachia, His four children, Constantine, Stefan, Radu, and Matthew, Matei, and even his advisor. Let us emulate. Let us look around and see who is attacking us. And just like St. Paul here, be strong together. In the name of our God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.